It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, this is John Semper Jr., the uh, head writer and producer of Spider-Man the Animated Series, and you are listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Hey, Bug Brain, over here. You won't be so funny when I give you an acid shampoo. I love it when a plan comes together. Thanks for waiting till the last second. Timing is everything. Here, let me do it. This takes muscle. to episode 73 of Tooncast Beyond. We're continuing on with the Spider-Man 1994 animated series coverage. We've got season four today. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me is Eduardo. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. I don't have to be all angsty and pissed because my girlfriend got thrown into a dimensional portal. Um, he wasn't that angsty and pissed, and we didn't really... Mm. Okay, yeah, she did get thrown into a dimensional portal, but... yeah. Um, what I find absolutely hilarious, and I wish I had planned this out a little bit better so I could have asked the guy and actually donated to it, but John Semper Jr., uh, head writer, producer of Spider-Man the Animated Series, the 1994 cartoon series, last year or the year before, at some point in the last year and a half, had done a GoFundMe or an Indiegogo, I think it was an Indiegogo for his campaign, War of the Rocket Men, for this new series, and part of the perks were, if you donated a certain amount of money you would get a final script of what uh, the fate of Mary Jane Watson. And we'll talk about that next time around, next week in episode 74, but I really wish that I could have hopped on that at the time, and I, I, just, I just couldn't, because I would have loved to have been able to bring that up in this podcast, because yeah. that would have just been so awesome. But yes, Spider-Man the Animated Series, season four. This season is friggin' weird, folks. It really, really is to me. Season three, we ended up on Turning Point. Uh, after the Goblin War, where 
Uh, Norman tries to use the transporting device to find out Spider-Man's secret identity, and of course this leads to the fateful confrontation between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin that will change the wall crawler's life forever. This is based on Amazing Spider-Man 39 and 121, uh, 121 and 122. Um, okay, um, alright, and this, this season, the subtitle, or the the chapter prefix title was Partners in Danger, which I love. I know it's a, a long-ass title. Spider-Man the Animated Series Season 4, Episode 1, Partners in Danger, Guilty. I get that's a long-ass title, but I like the chapter prefixes because it lends itself to an overall arc. Like they're writing a book or they're, te- you know, they're telling a specific story. But this one starts off with the episode Guilty, where we see Tombstone again. And this goes back to the Richard Fisk part of the storyline and and all that and setting up Robbie and starting the season like this for season four, it, I the the only word I can come up with for it is friggin' weird. Yeah, I well it does remind me of like this has happened in comics where they'll set something up, you know, you'll have this big thing and then they'll kinda leave it alone for a while but it'll be like hanging in the background you know mm-hmm. a character dies and it's like the next issue you know it's, it doesn't jump immediately after that but uh the hero is like still you know angsty about you know i just lost so and so you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um i mean i enjoyed guilty i thought it was a nice way to show more of robbie and everything else but again tombstone not exactly a major Spider-Man villain that we all know and love. No, but this this is based off um off something that went through the Spider-Man comics in like the late 80s mm-hmm. where it was the same thing. It was the fact that Robbie and Tombstone had a connection. Right. Although although in in this particular case it ended a little better because I know in the comics it ended up with Robbie in prison and at one point he and Tombstone end up like, you know, Kind of like in those old, uh, those old prison escape movies. You know, they end up like escaping from prison and stuck together. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was it was interesting to see that that storyline and that particular thread adapted for the TV series. It was, and I'm glad they were able to fit it all in or condense it enough to where it fit into one 21, 22 minute episode yeah. without ads and all that and everything else. Yeah. Um. So right before my birthday in 1997 and right after Valentine's Day in 1997, we had The Cat and the Black Cat. Uh, oh, I love this. I have been waiting for this in season one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you and everybody else who had read the comics and knew about Felicia Hardy's uh, double life. And for me, what what lends an extra oomph to it is the fact that it's Jennifer friggin Hale doing uh-huh. the voice oh and, yeah you know all that um because yep. every time I read like when I read um Spider-Man Return of the Black Cat which was uh, one of the amazing Spider-Man stories um six something mm-hmm. six six twenty six to six thirty six or I, and it wasn't ten issues but I'm I'm saying it's it's one of those yeah, that's all I can hear is 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 Jennifer Hale's voice in my head when I read yep. Black Cat in comics anymore. I, it's it's always been that way. Um, I, I love the Cat and the Black Cat episodes. Technically, they're each other's two parter. Um, we basically get introduced to Felicia's father, and we find out that he was a jewel thief, and we found out that he knew about the the super soldier serum and and everything else and in the part two black cat you know kingpin forces her to take the serum and turns felicia from herself i mean she's still herself but it turns her into the black cat and uh just absolutely love these two episodes these out of this season, I can safely say these are my two favorite episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, um, yeah. Although uh, it, it's strange because, like, um, I, I don't know. I've always been kind of hot and cold about the idea of Black Cat getting tied into the Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's a way to foreshadow that uh, we'd be getting Cap at 
some point or another. Mm. But, and I mean, sometimes I'm like, ah, I would have liked to have seen the Black Cat kind of debut without having to give her, you know, her having to make it like a transformation. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like I know enough of history that there have been points in the comics where Black Cat had actual superpowers. Right, yeah. Um, although there was even a point where she used artificial means to duplicate her powers after she lost them, but... yeah. Well, the thing with this is, and the funny thing I noticed, and we'll talk about this next week when we talk about Season 5, is in Season 5, when Cap's whole story is, again, retold, they basically reuse, I think they reuse the animation for several frames, like of Steve walking into the vat, walking out of the vat, putting the putting the t-shirt on... That's a friggin' t-shirt. That's not, <laughs> you know. And they show the guy that's gonna destroy the thing and and whatever else. So I don't quite mind it here. Um, again, it was an interesting way to show how her dad, you know, that he has a photographic memory and everything else. And then you also have Shield in this too, you know, because of all that yeah. and everything else. Because Hardesky is is actually in the helicarrier jail. Um, Absolutely love that episode. I thought as a nice kind of send-off, Return of Craven was a really cool episode. Kind of giving Craven the Hunter and Mariah Crawford a happy ending in just one 30-minute thing. And then, as I said, this season, because it's only 11 episodes, and it... It gets kind of weird how these go. Okay, so you got, um, like I said, you got Guilty, Cat, Black Cat, Return of Craven, and you got Partners, Awakening, Vampire Queen, Return of the Green Goblin, Haunting of Mary Jane Watson, Lizard King, and Prowler. Um, the Awakening and Vampire Queen stuff, I don't mind because it ties back into Black Cat because obviously she was in love with Michael and, and everything else. And, yeah. And then obviously um, the Green Goblin stuff is fine. Haunting of Mary Jane is fine. The Lizard King and the Prowler, the final two episodes of the season, they're just weird. It's, it's Look, I love this series, folks. I'm not trying to be negative about this, but these episodes are just weird. I felt watching the Lizard King that John Semper Jr. and his writing team just felt like they needed to throw something in here. Um like they needed something for Kurt Connors to do. And we don't ever really see him get his happily ever after. We don't ever see him get his arm back or anything like that. We don't see him get a cure because he comes up later in season five. Uh, and they, and they do work around getting rid of the lizard part of his brain and things like that. But again, I thought the whole point of that character was for him to find a cure or find a way to reverse his neogenic explosion thingamajig. I don't know. Out of the 11 episodes, which ones did or didn't you like for this season? Um, well, I like um, I like the return of the Green Goblin mm-hmm. for, a, for a couple of reasons. Uh, reason one, it was kind of cool seeing the, the cartoon pick up where the, co- again, where the comics uh, also ran, which is Harry kind of inheriting his dad's madness. And then, of course, there's also the fact that we have we have, we have the Punisher back, and I thought it was interesting that we get a, a nice little twist where instead of Spider-Man being the one that the Punisher's after, it's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the fact that at the end of the episode, we have the return of Mary Jane. So it's like, you know, check it out. Mary Jane is back. You can be happy now, Spider-Man. <laughs> Something went your way. Yeah. Yeah. She gives new meaning to being all wet, though. (laughs) Okay. No, 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 no. Come on. No, save it for later. Yeah. Save, you know, you have to save it for later. Yeah. Uh, and I did, uh, I also, I mean, I got, I loved The Haunting of Mary Jane because it was cool to see, not only seeing them together, not only getting, like, a happy Spider-Man, but also that Mary Jane got to do something other than be the damsel in distress, that she mm-hmm. tried to, she tried to figure this out on her own. 
you know, she tried to kind of take, although I got to say, uh, trying to get your, trying to get your boyfriend to prove his love for you by jumping off a building, probably not the smartest thing in the world. I mean, yeah, he caught her, but I mean, you could have come up with something else. Yeah. Something not as drastic. Yeah, very true. Well, it's not like, you know, the Sandman had her trapped or anything, but anyway. Yeah. What I think is so cool about the cat and the black cat episodes is that um, even though the story was done by John Semper Jr., the writing on the black cat, Marty Eisenberg, Robert N. Skier, that's all I gotta <laughs> say. <laughs> also, Sheen, uh, Sean Catherine Derrick is on that one as well, so... Um, but I mean, as soon as I saw those names on there, after I, because I've seen the cat and the black cat, uh, Marty and Robert only, Marty and Bob only did the black cat episode, but, and I've seen these episodes a million times, but when I, you know, doing, you know, looking them up for the show today and say, oh, I'm like, hey, I, I know those guys. I've, I've seen a lot of their other work and they're amazing. So no wonder that episode was so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Characters that return in this, uh, like I said, Dr. Kirk Connors is kind of throughout. Mary Jane obviously comes back. Uh, Harry turns into the Green Goblin. We still have Norman as the Green Goblin in the alternate dimension thingamajig. Uh, Morbius, the vampire, which then introduces or reintroduces Blade and, and, and Whistler and all that and everything else. Um, like we like I've already gushed, uh, Black Cat, and then we got <laughs> Tombstone and Robbie and, and Craven. Um, what character really caught your attention this season throughout besides obviously Spidey? Yeah. Well, um, again, I liked, uh, Harry kind of taking up the goblin mantle and, uh, going completely nuts. I mean, I still have stuck in my head when, uh, you know, at the end of that episode where he's all tied up and, you know, Mary Jane shows up and he's like, it's Mary Jane. She's back. See, everything's better now. Just, you know, totally gone mm-hmm. bonkers uh i actually liked the prowler and i liked the the celeb that they got for his voice uh they got tim rust from uh, star trek voyager i thought it worked yeah okay the the prowler does work as an episode of spider-man it really does the way that it was told the way that it the story did progress but the prowler is not a season finale episode it just isn't now if you switched uh the prowl no you couldn't switch okay you take um i'm trying to think okay you take return of the green goblin and the haunting of mary jane watson take those drag them down below the prowler okay and that works for me. Having Return of the Green Goblin and The Haunting of Mary Jane Watson be the final two episodes. So basically just take the Lizard King and, and the Prowler and move them up. Yeah. Because the Prowler, it does, like, I thought I was still in season four when the wedding <laughs> started. No, seriously. I'm like, oh. And I, I, I exited out of my, because I used the Hulu desktop app on my Windows 10 machine. So, yeah. Um, I exited out and I'm like, oh, I'm already on season. Oh, that's right. Season four is only 11 episodes. That's very, very weird. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I, Don't worry about it because I thought, I had thought that the wedding was in season four as well. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, when I saw that that actually started season five, I'm like, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. The, the way that the the way that season four and season five fall, and I know we're not going to talk about season five until next week, but just the way they they fall is just too weird to me. Like, okay, um, the wedding is the beginning of season five, and then the six parts for or the five, yeah, the five parts for six forgotten warriors. That's fine. But then you have the return of the Hy- return of Hydro Man, which is fine. But again, I think you should have somehow moved those ab- like have that have the wedding, then have that two parter, and then the five part six or four part six Forgotten Warriors thing, and then have that lead into Secret Wars because I don't know. It just I mean I guess. 
I guess with the return of Hydro Man butting up against uh, the Secret Wars, it does work because it does work continuity wise. But maybe it's just the way that I'm looking at it here and just kind of overanalyzing it a little bit. And I admit to that, but it, I don't know. It just as I was watching it, I was fine. But just looking at it on paper, it just seems like it's out of order, even though it really isn't. And I yeah, think it's I, all I think it's all season four's fault because season four, as I said, has episodes that I feel and again, if John's listening, I, I doubt he is, but if he is, I'm not trying to offend you, sir, at all. I've already interviewed you once a few years ago, so and I love I do love this series. It doesn't really matter to me, but at the same point for me to have a discussion with my friend here, I have to, you know, I have to poke some holes in it somewhere, don't I? It's not well, like I'm hating on the series. It's not like I. It's not like I'm some of these animation snobs where it's like, oh my god, the red is bleeding. The colors are bleeding all over the place. <laughs> no. Don't don't hold back, Mike. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I, you know what? Everyone has always said, oh, but the red bleeds in that series. I, I notice it at certain points, but it's not as bad as everybody on the friggin' internet makes it out to be. And again, at this point, this series is, you know, um, 23 years old. Yeah, 23 about, years old. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and you got to think. Like we mentioned in season two and season three, they were mixing 2D and 3D animation. So yeah. some of the colors and some of the way that it was going to, quote unquote, bleed through and change in, in variance, that's fine. I have no problem with that because the, anima the animation to me in season four was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I just thought it was really, really well done. Um, I love all the voice cast, as always. Uh you know, um, the way that the Mary Jane voice actress, because I, I don't have that in front of me or right off the top of my head, but it's just one of those things where uh, the way that she is able to morph into the character of Mary Jane and and do all of that and and bring us Mary Jane to life. Um, it was, uh, Sarah, Sarah Ballantine, Ballantine. Yeah, there we go. Um, and, and again, I mean, Ed Asner as J. Jonah oh. Jameson. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Nick Fury, cause she, like I said, yeah. shield is in here and, and it's always kind of interesting seeing seeing Nick. He was voiced by Philip Abbott um, in Day of the Chameleon and then Jack Angel in later episodes. Oh, my God, you've got Astro Train from Transformers. Yep. He also, if, if, I, if I recall correctly, I think, he also, I think um, Angel also uh, voiced Nick Fury for a couple of appearances in Iron Man. Hmm. Possibly, yeah. Um, you've got, uh, Greg Berger, you know, Grimlock as, as Craven. So he was Craven and Mysterio both. So that's, that's nice for, that's awesome for him. So we had a twofer. Yep. Uh, let's see who else is in this season. Obviously Christopher Daniel Barnes is Peter slash Spidey. Uh, mm -hmm. Matt Murdock was voiced by Edward Albert or Albert. I probably said that. Albert, there we go. Uh, Doctor Strange was voiced by John Vernon. Um, Dean Wormer! Oh my god, Man. Unicron. Yeah. Um, and we'll gush and probably cry and whatever next week, but oh my god, I've said this before in the last three episodes of this that we've been doing this. Joan Lee, Stan Lee's yeah. wife, is Madam Web. It just doesn't get any better than that yep it doesn't get any better where your creator the person that made spy okay sh lee and kirby and ditko just to give credit where credit is due but uh, you know to this series specifically you know they pretty much say stan for the most part just to have her as spidey's guide 
Yep. And you know, we'll we'll get to all the gushy Madam Web moments next. <laughs> you know, next um next episode next season. Uh, did you know that Whistler was voiced by Malcolm McDowell of all people? Um, yeah, I think, it, okay, I think in Blade's first appearance, Whistler was it, Malcolm McDowell, but Yeah, it I, was the first two appearances, and then Oliver and Muirhead. I think, yeah. yeah, somebody else. Although, yeah, I, I thought it was cool having Malcolm McDowell as Whistler. Yeah, that was awesome. Kind of uh, sorry they couldn't do it for the live-action Blade. Yeah, well, I think Chris Christopherson pulled it off fairly well. Yeah, yeah, no, he he wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, oh my god. I for, well, we'll get to that next next week. <laughs> the snake, folks. The snake. The snake. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I didn't even recognize that. Um, you know, and as we've said before, the X-Men and and all that. And we'll, we'll get to Fantastic Four later. For villains, you know, Carnage and Chameleon and Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom voiced by Tom Kane. Um, you know, obviously Kingpin, we've, I, we've mentioned. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Him at length. Um, Neil Ross's Green Goblin. I wonder if... Yeah, Gary Imoff did uh, Harry, but he also did Green Goblin 2. Landon, as we said, was basically Ra's al Ghul, David Warner. When you put that in perspective, though, David Warner was Sark in Tron. He was Herbert Landon in this. And he was uh, Ra's al Ghul in Batman Anime Series, but he's also Professor Jordan Perry in The Secret of the (laughs) U. (laughs) <laughs> There's well, some... he, well, and also he was the evil butler in Titanic. Mm-hmm. With with and yeah, they never. I don't know if they ever said his name out loud, but in the credits, his character is called Spicer Lovejoy, and I'm just I like I want to sit Cameron down and go, really, man, really, seriously, that that that's his name. Yep. What the, what the, what the hell, man? What? What what are you smoking and can I have some? Yep. And we'll talk about this next week, but and we'll we'll gush about it next week. Um Um But uh Miriam, who is Blade's mother, is voiced by the original Lieutenant Uhura. Michelle Nichols. Uh Doctor Octopus really surprised me throughout I only noticed it now, and I didn't even really notice it until I actually looked it up until after I watched the seasons, but because I just thought it was a standard, you know, accented voice. It's friggin' Alfred. It's Ephraim Zimblis Jr. as Dr. Octopus. <laughs> yep. And obviously, you know, Mark Hamill is, is the Hobgoblin, but... Um, yep. But, uh, but pretty yeah. much, Pretty much doing a much more aggressive Joker voice. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Martin Landau was the original Scorpion in seasons one and two, and then Bull from Night Court, Richard Maul, took over in seasons four and five. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, but no, this this cast is just amazingly well done. The only thing we never got 
is we never got a conclusion to Spencer and, and Alistair's story. Like, whatever happened mm. to Spencer? He's still in that, 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 that um, hyper-sleep thingamajig. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I have my own idea. I have my own thoughts on, like, a lot of the stories that we didn't get, uh, we get to see completed, but I think I'll save that until next time. Yeah. Absolutely. Season four, absolutely done so well. Uh, Even though I have complained a little bit about it because of just looking at it on paper, it just seems like it's disjointed. It really isn't. It does tell a full story. Um, Absolutely love it. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Ned Leeds was voiced by Porky Pig Bob Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, at least at least Ned uh didn't get the same fate that befell that uh that happened to him in the comics. Mm. Yeah. Uh so anything else you want to bring up anything else you have opinions for um uh for season 4? No, no. I mean, I I, I kind of see what you're saying. That yeah, if you look at it, if you kind of look at it from a different perspective, it looks a little weird, a little disjointed. But uh, there there's some you know there's some good stuff in there. I think I think maybe if it had had a a bit more of a uh, a bit more of a punchy finale, you know, something mm-hmm. with a bit of umph, then we you know then uh, it would be easier to look back on it with uh, fondness. But yeah, you know, but still not bad. I mean, not not bad at all. No. Um, and I remember, I think it was either our season two episode or our season three episode where we were questioning the whole Linda Gary, Julie Bennett thing. Uh-huh. Linda was on May for the first three seasons and then Julie took yeah. over in season four yeah. and five. So, so that question is answered. Um, I almost didn't even really, um, recognize the, uh, the voice change. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it. When when done well, you you when done well, uh, you don't recognize that there was a changeover. If it's done pretty good, you kind of recognize there's a difference, but it still works. Uh, and then you have cases where they just completely change the voice, and it's like night and day. Kind of kind of like when they had uh, when they when uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. wouldn't be available for uh, for Batman, and they got somebody else. Yeah, because it was it was obvious that it was a different voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, season four, very, absolutely, like I said, very well done. Absolutely dig season four. Um, specifically for the Black Cat, but that's, folks, the Black Cat gushing from my end is not going to stop, especially once we get to season five, because, oh my God, does she tear his head off? Oh, yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, I think I should probably jump on Twitter, see if Jennifer Hale says anything about my ears are burning. Is somebody talking about me? <laughs> that would be an interview I would kill for. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you'd have to be prof- have to be professional, and mm-hmm. you know, so. Well. Oh, boy. Well, and I, I don't think she'd appreciate any casualties in her name. Well, it's more so about the character with her voice behind it. But, you know, I mean, heck, in that in that one War of the Rocket Men promo, she even brought up the sexy black cat voice. So, you know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I, I remember that promo. She's like, oh, because... She blows a kiss or kisses Stan on the cheek, and the and it's just an audio promo, folks. So it's, we only hear the audio, and, and it's got pictures going by. But anyway, Stan faints, and oh, the kiss must have done him in. Oh well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just oh, not God. A, not a bad way to go at all. If we. And I know animation has progressed, and I know they're currently doing Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever it's called now, Ultimate Spider-Man and his Web Warriors, whatever the series. Because that series has started out, the current series started out as um, Ultimate Spider-Man, and then it morphed into, you know, how seasons yeah. change and series title change. But if we could go back and have more of this animation style 
and more stories with the same voice cast. Obviously, some are not with us anymore, but most, you know, most yeah. of the core cast come back. Oh, I would love that so much. I know it'll never happen, but but yeah. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to get the heck out of here. Uh, next week is our Spider-Man grand finale as we enter uh, the Spider Wars and the... And the No, the Secret Wars and the Spider Wars. So there's that, and there's a few other episodes in Season 5. You got anything you want to promote? Um, not still. Well, hey, uh, you know, I'm still keeping it reels is still going on. So, you know, uh, go, you know, go to blog talk radio, type in keeping it reels and give us a listen. We're, we're, uh, you know, we try to be live every, uh, Saturday at, um, at, uh, 6 PM Pacific, uh, 9 PM Eastern. You know, we, um, We've been we've talked Pixar, we've talked uh, anime, we've talked like top ten movies of 2016. Um, as we record this, we're going to be talking about like comic book movies and how they compare to the source material. So you know, give it a listen. It's it's a cool show, and you know, it's just like just like hanging out with your buddies at the bar and just you know shooting the breeze. Absolutely. All right, folks, you can uh, find me on Twitter at tf 2 Mike. You can follow at Geekcast Radio for all event network updates. You can follow at Tooncast Beyond for those updates as well. What is your Twitter? Uh, yeah, my, my handle is, it's pronounced White Balloon King, uh, but it's spelled W-H-T-B-L-L-N-K-I-N-G because, well, uh, Twitter wouldn't let me spell out the entire word, so I had to ditch some of the vowels. <laughs> oh, Twitter. So funny. That's why I'm glad I found my personality <laughs> way early in the days of Twitter, so I didn't yeah. have to worry about it. And I, I, that's yeah. one thing I never understand. Like, I don't mind if people change like their first names and things like that, but actually changing the Twitter handle, it just—I think I changed it once. Originally, it was TFG One Podcast because that was the only podcast I had. But then I mm-hmm. changed it to TFG One Mike, and I've just never looked back. And oh my god, next year I would have been on Twitter for ten years. Oh my god. Oh, do they send you a T-shirt or something? I wish. Happy anniversary! <laughs> I wish. T-shirt, a pin, a cap, I don't know. <laughs> some Something. sort of, maybe some sort of miniature plaque, you know, come on, just to, you know. So join us next week, folks, because we really, really, really hate clones. Oh, yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. if they attack. It, no, get that... Star Wars love story out of my Spider-Man. I've driven him crazy. I've accomplished my mission. On that note, folks, here's a message from the Black Cat. Remember when we did Spider-Man, the animated series? Of course. You played Harry Osborn in the Green Goblin. I played Felicia Hardy, and later I became the Black Cat. You were unforgettable. Aw, thank you. Well, a whole generation of viewers fell in love with my sexy black cat voice. You know, when I would turn to you and say, Come here, spider. I want to kiss you. Whatever you say, Felicia. Huh? What? What just happened to me? It's the voice. It's mesmerizing. It makes people want to do whatever I ask them to. So, I simply asked for those tickets in my black cat voice and I got them. This is unbelievable. And that works every time? Every time. Oh, that's probably Stan Lee. Stan Lee? What's he here for? I asked him to come over. I need him to move my couch. Wait, what? Jennifer, you expect a 92-year-old man to move your couch? That thing is huge and and heavy. you got to be kidding. (laughs) Watch this. Hi, Stan. I need you to move my couch from the living room to the den. Could you do that for me, please? Pretty? Please. I don't believe it. Stan Lee is actually picking up your couch and putting it on his back. He he's moving it. Yeah. And now he's moving your refrigerator? Yeah. 92-year-old Stan Lee is lifting up and moving your heavy refrigerator. I know. Incredible! Thanks, Stan. 
You sexy hunk of manhood, you. Huh, he just fainted. Uh, the kiss must have been too much for him. Excelsior indeed.
This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.